the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the best of investing on 860 AM, The Answer. The show that brings you valuable information about real estate, the financial markets, and other economic business of the day. Your host, Edward Brown, is a nationally recognized expert on money and investing who has appeared on CNN and has published numerous articles in national business magazines and newspapers. Now, your host for the best of investing, Edward Brown. Welcome. You're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Mark Hunt of Pacific Private Money and our special guest, Ken Winans, best-selling author and financial advisor. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. Use that number to answer the trivia questions for a five-packed tanning certificate given away during the show. That certificate's not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tan Bella Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. Today's trivia theme is entertainment. Ken, we're going to start right on with you got a big show today uh got to talk about inflation interest rates uh what do people do so go ahead and take it away oh boy what do people do well (laughs) you know don't jump off i shouldn't say that don't don't jump off of anything um but no you know it's uh, the world has shifted and i've been you know it's funny because when i was bringing up inflation a year ago people were saying oh no it's different this time and everything's different i said look you you print too much money and mm-hmm. is chasing limited goods and services. That's the cl- classic definition of inflation, which is what I learned in school, what you guys learned in school. Yep. It's been, it's, that's what it is. That You can't redo that definition. Uh, so we are still dealing with that. But unfortunately, when you add to the things that, I mean, I, I mean the, the, the theme of the 70s, I've been talking to a lot of people about, it is just eerily similar when you think about, well, especially right now, you had political turmoil then. Well, you got political turmoil now. Yeah. You came off of a war that ended badly then, as you do now. You have this world-changing event we call COVID. Back then, we called it the Arab oil embargo. We have a, a current war going on in the Ukraine. Well, we had wars in the Middle East going on throughout the 70s. Yeah. Social disruptions, well... I, I point out to people all the time, well, back then we had the Black Panthers. Uh, we had Hugo Chavez reforms. We had gay rights, women's rights, protest marches at the schools. You had all the same stuff going on, but just different flavors of it. Yeah. But again, our country operates well when the economic machine operates well. Mm-hmm. When it doesn't, that's when all the finger pointing begins and people start taking it out on other groups. So. Unfortunately, the bad news is with the inflation picture is that um, it, it is going to last for a, a years. We're going to have this phenomenon going on for many, many years. Mm. Historically, inflation cycles run six to eight years. My math says we were two years into this thing. Okay. And that means that for a lot of people who are used to, you know, buy the dip in the stock market or hurry up and get back in, that's all shifted. 
Uh, I think, um, you know, people talk about, well, what about, well, one of the funny things I love is when people say, but today we have technology. I said, well, that's interesting. You know, we landed 12 guys on the moon from 1969 to 1972. And I would argue the technology that came from Apollo might actually be more transforming then than what we're now doing with technology to this day. So it's just funny how people try to find some differences. But at the end of the day, guys, when it comes to people, when it comes to their money, the machine drives by greed and fear. I don't think we've changed much from the people who are trading tulips in the Holland during the, tu- the tulip main back yeah. in the 1600s. We're just not much different. The, the, one, the one thing I would add to that, though, is the fact that because technology has come where you can just take a s- smartphone and do trades, that's different than, you know, back then. I mean, back, back in the 70s, if you had, what was it, you know, 2 million shares being traded or 3 million shares up for the entire market, that was a lot. Uh, you know, now you get some small stocks trading 5 million shares. Oh, and sure. so from that end of it, the technology has been a little bit. Uh, but, uh, but even technology is a constant, the speed at which it changes things. I mean, you know, even the corrections, the way things go, mm-hmm. they're still happening. It might be happening a little faster than it used to. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but I'm actually seriously question whether all this technology has really helped people all that much. Um, I think that the people are more impulsive to make decisions mm-hmm. where if they, you know, in the old days, they might've called and talked to a stockbroker yeah. before they pulled the trigger. They would just have, okay, wait a minute. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Do you think Robin hood has helped people make money or lose money at this point in the cycle since it came, it became popular a couple of years ago? I, I think it, well, the problem is, no, I agree with you, Mark. I, I think that it, it, to be a good investor, let's flip it around. Let's say you want to be great at real estate. You still have to study it. You still have to understand mm-hmm. how it works. Just because you might be able to do something uh, real estate oriented on the stock market doesn't mean you're a genius. So I, unfortunately, I think a lot of people, uh, we got caught up in excess bubbles, whether it's crypto, Robinhood, the MEM stocks. Whenever you get near a top in an economic cycle, this mm-hmm. stuff percolates. And we just saw it happen again in some other ways. It's interesting that you point out that a lot of this time, this happens at the top of an economic cycle, you know, as opposed to the bottom. Well, of course, at the bottom, you know, at the, the, the Great Recession, you know, who had money to invest? A very select few people, and they were able to profit off of that. Mm-hmm. Um, although many of us scraped and scratched and found a way to get back into real estate and, and in stocks, right? And we rode that and we did really well. But uh, those that didn't, uh, who were employing technology like um, uh, apps like Robinhood, they made it really easy to buy stocks. And then you've got uh, uh, Reddit and their forums like Wall Street Bets. And then you're basically making investment decisions based on somebody's post. Uh, and then, you know, and then watching, you know, your little bit of life savings, you know, possibly disappear. You know, they're, well, and just like you said, they're, they're electronic posts. But back in the day, I remember people had investment newsletters. That's you true. Know, people, would, oh, yeah. people would subscribe to some guru. We used to call them gurus. That's right. And they would follow. Uh, there were a lot of different people. Um, oh, God, what was it? it was a, yeah, the Granville, Joe Granville, Joe Granville. Granville Massacre one day. I remember that. Hey, Ken, we had to cut to a break. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm still glad my 95-year-old stockbroker uses two tin cans and a string. Okay, here's our first trivia question. <laughs> Who played Hawkeye in the 1970 film MASH? 
That's our trivia question. Call 888-912-1190. First call in with correct answers and win that tanning certificate. Stay with us. The best of investing will be right back. Don't touch that dial. For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. The best of investing will continue in a moment on 860 AM. The answer. Now, back to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown on 860 AM, The Answer. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. I'm Edward Brown, along with Mark Hunt of Pacific Private Money and Ken Winans, financial advisor and best-selling author. Uh, let's see. First trivia question. Who played Hawkeye in the 1970 film MASH? Donald Sutherland. Very good. Yes, Donald indeed. Sutherland. That's right. Very good. <laughs> One of my favorite actors. Yeah. Uh, he, he's, he's a, he's a kick in the pants. I, my, my favorite role for him was in uh, uh, The Dirty Dozen. That was that was a that oh, great you. Show. All right. You know what? The one I like was Kelly Zero when, when he was. The oh yeah. Oh, he was great. Kelly Zero. Yeah. That was Oddball. Really yeah. I loved Oddball. I mean, it was just classic. You know, <laughs> so, a genius good. guy. All right, uh, Ken. A, a, a an email comes into the show that that seems to be perfect for you. Uh, the stock market is uh, making me nervous right now. What defensive positions should I take? Well, a couple of things. Number one is that. When you have inflation, you need to reposition your portfolio into more commodity-based plays. Hmm. So, for instance, uh, I, I mean, I'm buying a lot of oil and gas type companies right now. Uh, food processing companies like Archer Daniels Midland, which is the soybean uh, dominant company, a company called Bungie uh, that is also in agricultural products. You need to shift your portfolio toward more commodity-based things. Uh, so I would look at the commodity ETFs where you can actually buy yeah. corn, wheat, soybeans as an ETF. Last but not least, um, I think it's safe to say that the bull markets that we remembered over the last 30 years, it is my opinion that party is over. The inflation situation has killed that just as inflation killed the bull markets of the 50s and 60s. Yeah. The 70s took care of that. This inflation cycle is going to take care of that. So imagine a world where there is no momentum in the stock market. None. How do you make your money? In individual areas that will go up in a sideways moving market. So the point to your listener, Edward, they've got to change the way they think. Well, that's hard to do for a lot of people. It is. Yeah. No, absolutely. Well, that's really interesting. You say don't expect another another bull market because I think – you know, you've got a whole generation, if almost, if not two generations, that um, their experience since 2010, let's say, the bottom of the recession, you got 12 years of, of all kinds of fun happening. You've got real estate prices going up. You got the stock market that did, had an amazing run. And then you've got um, uh, the emergence of, of cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin and NFTs. And there's just been uh, it, it, an amazing creation of wealth. And yeah, so we've seen a lot of that go down recently. So we're, you know, the, the, the stock market uh, uh, index funds are, are, are da- not the index funds, but the, the Dow Jones is down to where it was in beginning of 2021. And so a lot of the, a lot of the gains we've, we've maybe made in the last 18 months, uh, we've seen them may, maybe get uh, pulled back. But uh, I wonder if we're going to have another lost decade. 
Good old fashioned, good old fashioned investment strategies is what I hear you saying, um, Ken. Absolutely. And uh, commodity driven uh, investments, commodity based investments, commodity ETFs. The good news is that you just mentioned ETFs. I mean, these these didn't exist uh, the last time we were facing this kind of you know whirlwind of of economic conditions and now it, there there are there are platforms you know so people don't have to actually figure out how to buy uh you know pork bellies and, and yeah. futures uh, and things like Mark, that you're dating yourself we don't call it pork bellies and we call them lean hogs lean hogs yeah. Yeah. Well, the other thing was back in those days the uh, commissions were really super high on mm. the commodities yeah. Yeah, well, that, that's well, you know what? Well, I like to talk about that when we ever it's interesting because we are going to talk about what people are asking questions about. And one of them is, why is my money market account at my brokerage house paying me nothing? And the reason is because the brokerage houses made a deal with the investors a long time ago. We'll give you cheap commissions, but we're going to keep the spread on money between lending rates and what we give you. Yeah. So people are now saying, wait a minute, whoa, 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 I want some money market on my money, saying, hey, that's the deal you guys made. Yeah, but how long is that going to happen? Because at some point, people are going to pull their money out. Well, that's the problem. Well, that, see, now, I actually think it's going to go further than that. I think it's going to be, there will be a congressional investigation. We're in, a, we're in an election year. Those evil Wall Street people are, are taking advantage of the investor. We're going to hear all this. We, you guys know better than I do. We're going to hear all this talk. And that is going to, because I, I do know for a fact that there are elected officials sending emails to industry groups saying, hey, what is going on here? Right, right. Because you and I, and actually the three of us, we all remember, I mean, when I was in college, I had my money in the, in the Franklin Money Fund making 16%. That was amazing. Yeah. yeah. You know, the, the money market funds back then. And, and I know what you're saying, Edward. It's like, okay, well, are those going to come back? And, and, what I'm hearing you say, Ken, is that's not likely to happen because the spreads just aren't there anymore. The fee income is just not there anymore. The, the problem is, is that whatever pointed out, I mean, you, you know, the firms have to make a profit. OK, yes. and, and, and they decided a while ago to say, look, if we just took a spread off the money, our revenues would be more stable than commission based revenues. So that's when Wall Street made the shift. They said, hey. We don't want to be dependent on suddenly a drop of, of uh, liquidity in the market. We don't want to be dependent on that. So let's play this other game. But it will be interesting to see how they navigate this world because Wall Street is notorious for telling people, oh, that's free. Nothing's free, guys. There's hidden fees. Right. Come on. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and lately we had this money market account replacement strategy where you would put dollars into a stable coin investment that was supposed to maintain its value at a dollar, much like yeah. a money market account, although not guaranteed, which money market accounts weren't guaranteed uh, 30 years ago either. Yeah. Um, and then you would stake those, a process called staking and get returns as high as 20%. And people were going, ah, oh, this is, you know, this is the greatest thing ever. It's free money. Well, and then, then that ended badly uh, just a couple of months ago with, uh, uh, with uh, Luna um, going, going out. And so now that whole thing is kind of messed up. People are pull, pulling their money out of those investments. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, we, we can talk a little bit about um, in, the next, uh, uh, in the next session, you know, how uh, there actually are products that, uh, that have been created recently to kind of replace that strategy of where can I put my money for an above market monthly return that is collateralized with safety and security features 
um, that's not offered by my bank. And there are some just you've got the answer to that one, Mr. Hunt. Yeah, yeah, we've got some <laughs> stational funds we can talk about. That's a relatively recent um, uh, investment vehicle that uh, that is becoming uh, more prevalent. And we have one at Pacific Private Money that we could talk about. We'll talk about that in the next segment. Uh, before we cut to break, Ken, how do people get a hold of you if they have questions about commodities and uh, how to hedge their stock market portfolio? Well, the best thing to do is go on our website. It's Winans, W-I-N-A-N-S, investments, plural, dot com. And then there they can reach out to anybody, certainly any of the members of my staff. And then certainly just, uh, you know, if you enter my name, uh, the, the, one of the benefits of being an author and a writer for Forbes, if you Google me, you'll, you'll find a way to contact me. So, uh, but certainly I just came out with a new Forbes article, and you guys would both find that interesting. We'll talk about that after the break. Okay. Very good. We're going to cut to our second commercial uh, trivia question here. Again, entertainment is the uh, theme. What two Rocky Three co-stars won the final match of the very first WrestleMania? Wow. <laughs> A little bit different there. <laughs> call 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer wins the uh, tanning certificate, which is, uh, by the way, worth over $100. What two Rocky Three co-stars won the final match of the very first WrestleMania. All right, stay with us. You're listening to the best of investing. Don't touch that dial. We have a lot of good stuff to talk about when we come back. You're listening to the best of investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. You're listening to The Best of Investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing one more time. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with my co-host, Mark Hoff of Pacific Private Money, and our special guest who actually started the show with us way back in August of 2010, Ken Winans. All right, second trivia question. What two Rocky Three co-stars won the final match of the very first WrestleMania? I was going to say Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan is one of them. Who's the other one? Um, well, the uh, uh, Mr. T- Mr. T. Yes, very good. All right, good goodness. Oh, goodness, wow. But right. I'm, I'm an old, I'm an old guy. These are my old movies. Old <laughs> exactly. I know that's a, it's like I, I tell my kids I'm, I'm so old that basketball um, it used to be a square basketball. They didn't, that they hadn't invented round yet. Okay, uh, Mark, and uh, an email comes in from a listener uh, who I guess knows about your business, which we'll let you get into. And the question is, uh, does rising inflation help or hurt your business, your lending business? Right. So. We have rising inflation right now. We've got real estate prices at an all-time high. You've got the media telling you that, uh, you know, sales are down, unit sales are down, mortgage volume is down, new construction starts are down, inflation's up, interest rates are up. Does that mean it's bad news for lending and or bad news for real estate? Because maybe we're in a real estate bubble and we should uh, be wary of where real estate prices might be heading. Well, um, the chairman of the Fed, uh, our friend, Mr. Powell, uh, doesn't believe that real estate prices are going down anytime soon, nor does he believe we're in a bubble. In fact, uh, uh, he had a quote uh, today that uh, said that the supply of finished homes and the inventory of finished homes that are for sale are at an all-time low, historically low. 
So he, it's, a, it's still a very tight market, he says, and prices may keep going up for a while, even in a world where rates are going up. Now, let me ask you, did, did, did he, do you think part of that has to do with the, the supply chain uh, delay? You know, I don't if, think it's supply chain. So the supply, what the supply chain is doing is taking, it's making it take longer to build homes. It's also making the cost of building homes more expensive. And so if they don't pencil out, if, if realtors can't, uh, or I should say real estate development companies who, who build um, track, you know, track homes, large volumes of homes, if they can't build homes profitably, uh, uh, you know, with the cost of buying land and regulations and everything, they're going to pull back. They're going to slow down. They're going to wait for things to change. So, so in a way, yes, the, the supply chain disruption has had an impact on that. Lumber prices have gone up. Uh, cement has gone up. Um, but really, I think what he's talking about is just overall, for the last 10 years, we just haven't added sufficient volume to the inventory of homes in the United States uh, in general, and in, certainly in California in particular, and that's really driven up uh, home prices. So we've just, we just we have a continued in, increase in our population and an increase in the number of people who are looking to buy homes, and the supply is constrained. So getting back to the question, you know, which was really, because I'm answering, you know, I'm talking more about just inflation, but does inflation hurt the lending business? Well, it, it doesn't, it's not hurting the alternative lending business, you know, the so-called private money lending or hard money lending. Uh, our loan volume demand is off the charts. We will do double the loan volume in 2022 than we did in 2021. And we will probably double it again next year based on what we forecast is going to be the direction of the real estate market. Uh, and just overall, again, continuing demand for capital, short-term capital, ready, easy, short-term capital that real estate investors and consumers use as a tool to acquire real estate. And we become a very important tool in the last five years uh, as you know, cash buyers with, with the uh, 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 proliferation of cash buyers, you know, winning the day when it comes to buying real estate, people can turn to companies like Pacific Private Money to make cash-like offers using our short-term bridge loans, which will allow you to make low or no contingent offers on any kind of real estate you're looking to acquire, whether it's a home to move into or uh, you know, investment property. And it's cash-like, uh, no loan contingency, fast closing. You could do 10, uh, 14, 21-day closes. And so savvy, uh, savvy people are using that as a tool. So really what's happening in the in in the market overall today, not just inflation, but stock market uh, going down and uh, Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies being, you know, hammered uh, and then just, you know, overall real estate being unaffordable for most people. Well, you know, as much as I feel badly for anybody looking to buy a home today, the, the reality of it is there's been so much wealth created in the last 10 years and particularly in the last five years that there are more than enough people out there ready, willing, and able to buy homes today. And we just see uh, the demand for, like I said, for our loan product uh, continues to remain unabated. And in fact, I mean, we're still continually raising new capital, uh, looking at, looking to our existing investors and saying, look, you know, uh, uh, if you have money uh, to invest, uh, we would encourage you to consider increasing your investment in one of our four funds uh, and that we use our funds to make these, you know, short-term bridge loans 
to people who use our money as a way, as a tool to acquire real estate and then get long-term financing after that or flip the property if that was their intention. So it really, it's, it's interesting, you know, real estate has been called a hedge during inflation uh, for decades now. And that, that rule is not going to change. The rule of supply and demand is not going to change. The, the definition of inflation, as Ken pointed out earlier, that's not going to change. The economic realities, the economic, what, what we learned in Econ 101, I don't care what, uh, what you know, technology has brought us, is, it is not changing the fundamental principles of how the economy works. And so right now, uh, for those, you know, wondering where to, where to put their money, um, you know, if you're not a stock market guy or if you're not taking Ken's advice and, and looking at commodity-based stocks as a way to um, maybe uh, uh, redirect your and redeploy your capital, certainly to the extent that you have an opportunity to, to invest in some type of real estate secured debt opportunity like we offer or, or real estate itself, I think that uh, that remains um, a viable um, investment opportunity uh, in in an age of where something that we haven't experienced in in maybe twenty years now inflation's coming back. Very good. Right, we're going to say something, Mark. Something I'd add, and it's it's credit to you and your company. Look, everybody remember what happened in two thousand seven, eight, and nine, and people who are in real estate lending. I mean, like you know, I know we were talking before the show about CMOs. We're not going to repeat those mistakes. No, it's, no, not, people, a, it's not a credit bubble. That yeah, we're, we, we're not. It's we're just not. not. Okay. Tell you what, we're going to go to our uh, third uh, commercial break here. Third trivia question. What is Mark Wahlberg's famous nickname? If you remember, he became a, he became a star. He was more of a music guy. All right. Call 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer wins that tanning certificate. What is Mark Wahlberg's famous nickname? All right. Stay with us. Best of investing. We'll be right back. For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. The best of investing will continue in a moment on 860 AM. The answer. Now, back to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown on 860 AM, The Answer. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Edward Brown, Mark Hump, and Ken Winans here. Okay, third trivia question. What is Mark Wahlberg's famous nickname that apparently he does not like to be called anymore? Oh, because my name is Mark. I have friends who call me Marky Mark. And so Marky was- Mark, yeah. And what was the name of his group? His rap name. <laughs> yeah. Marky Mark. And the Funky Bunch. And the Funky Bunch. That's yeah, right. All right. Uh, so, Ken, uh, give us some more advice. Um, people, what people should do in this in this turmoil today. Yeah. You know, I, at the end of the day, people still need to invest money. I mean, Mark was talking about the, the, the amount of wealth that has been, I mean, in the last 30 years. I mean, uh, you know, it's amazing how in spite of everything that's happened, when you read about what's going on around the world and you people want to poo-poo this country, I'll tell you what, we have been able to stay. I mean, imagine people in China right now. China's gotten mauled. Uh, Europe's gotten mauled. I mean, you, and we are all, we're doing quite well. And so the question is, what should people be doing? Well, obviously, you need just don't stick your head in the sand, look around, but there are opportunities. Uh, you know, certainly private real estate loans is one area that people should actually look for. But more important than that is to find somebody like Mark and Edward, who know what they're doing with this stuff. Don't try to do it on your own. You'll get mauled. Same thing with corporate bonds. You can find corporate bonds that are coming due 
three, four years out, they're liquid. You can turn around and sell them if you need to. They go into a conventional brokerage account. And you're able to find paper right now that's paying 7.5% and 8%. Are they going to be AAA rated? No. But if they're three, four, and five-year notes, as long as they stay in business and you diversify amongst different issuers, who doesn't, you know, that's just yeah, go that's, with it. it that's, makes a sense. Good, that's a good point. Because many years ago when I used to do financial consulting, I remember looking at some Chrysler bonds that were oh, paying yeah. 12%. And they were trading just a little below par. And uh, but they only had like two years to go. And I remember telling clients saying, listen, you know what? Think about it. I mean, is Chrysler going to go out of business in two years? Maybe. But if they don't, the, the volatility of that bond is going to be practically zero because it's got to go back up to par at some point. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and, and remember, too, though, that, again, in, in the bond world, there is no bond exchange. And so people typically will just go and they'll look at the website of a big brokerage house and say, oh, I can build my own bond portfolio. Almost all the bonds on those websites are heavily marked up, means the yields are really low. You have to have a relationship. Again, in anything with income, you need to have a relationship with somebody you can work with who knows where to get the paper and to get it at a good price. And unfortunately for us, we actually have a, a portfolio that we run for clients. It's called the Winans Corporate Income Portfolio, separate managed accounts, all corporate bonds, sometimes preferred shares when they're warranted. But knock on wood, we've got we're uh, highly ranked by Morningstar, and that's been attracting capital. But it's it's about maturity. When you talk about people who've gotten mauled in bonds, like we talk about, what I would avoid right now are municipal bonds. The yields are too low. I, I, I meet people. I can't believe they've got they're retired and they're in their seventies, and they got bonds that are coming due in twenty and thirty years out. And I tell them, why do you want a bond that's going to outlive you? That doesn't make any sense to me at all. That's crazy. But yeah. people have to be smart about it. I would say that if I, and by the way, I really hope I'm wrong. I really do. I hope we go back to a bull market. They're fun. But the problem with a market like this is that it, it cannot cover up your mistakes. You've got to minimize your mistakes. And mistakes in this kind of market will be devastating to people. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and we, we, we teased a little bit earlier about, um, you know, new types of funds that are being generated. So companies like Pacific Private Money uh, and investment groups that uh, are, are doing real estate investments or loans like we do. One of the most common ways that that uh, these companies, the industry raises money is um, in the in the uh, form of a private placement. Uh, a lot of people have invested in private placement. If you if you've invested in a mortgage pool fund, that's a private placement. If you've invested uh, in um, in a group that are uh, buying real estate, buying multi multifamily housing, maybe buying up land, that's generally a, a private placement. That's that you know sixty five page document that you probably didn't read and just signed on the last page and wrote them a check for anywhere from fifty thousand dollars to maybe several million. Uh, well, at Pacific Private Money, we launched a fund uh, that uh, we learned about from our Securities Council that is a rather new idea in fund development called a gestational fund. Uh, and what that strange word really means, it's a fund designed to uh, affect certain short-term uh, strategies, but it remains generally liquid uh, in design. And so, for example, our Pacific Freedom Fund is a fund that we use the money in that fund to, to fund, close, 
fund and close loans that we do on a weekly basis, but then we sell those loans. Uh, we have uh, half a dozen different buyers of our loans. Some of them are Wall Street firms, others are private firms, some are private individuals that are buying our loans, but they want to buy them when they're closed. They don't want to be on the note or deed of trust. They don't want that liability or they're precluded by law from, from being on the note. So, so we use the Freedom Fund as a funding line and we turn over that money three or four times a month. So it's a highly liquid fund. And so what's interesting about this fund design is that even though it's written like most private placements, uh, where um, by design, it's designed to be a one year hold or longer, we don't we're silent when it comes to a redemption or early redemption penalty. So we don't charge penalties for early withdrawal. Withdrawal. So we tell people, look, if you've got money that you're sitting on from maybe a stock sale or a crypto sale or a real estate sale, or you just have money, it's not earning anything and your money market accounts not not following the recent increase in short term rates. Well, we have a fund that right now is paying between six and seven percent with monthly distributions. Uh, and the, the more money you invest, the higher an uh, 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 interest rate we can pay you. And it's designed to be liquid. You need your money in, in 60, 90, 120 days. You know, just give us 30, 30 days notice is all we ask, and we can liquidate that for you. So it's designed to behave like a money market account, although clearly it's not a money market account. It is a, a private placement, um, uh, and we like to hold that capital as long as we can because we make money with it. But the, at the end of the day, it's the closest thing you'll find today, in my opinion, uh, with liquidity and safety and security features because it's backed by real collateral. It's backed by the real estate loans we're making. We just happen to sell those loans. It's not a portfolio fund investment strategy. It's gestational. We're using that money to fund and close loans over and over again. So for more information, check us out. Go to our website, pacificprivatemoney.com. We got a tab on investments. That's pacificprivatemoney.com. Or you can call us anytime. We're in the 415. It's 415 oh, 415-883. I was going to give you my cell phone. 5883 <laughs> 415-883-2150. Our, <laughs> our people are standing by to answer about how you can make uh, money with safety and security features not available in most short-term investment strategies. Well, the best part I like is that the fact that the principle stays constant. So you don't have to look in the, in the paper every day and, and say, hey, did I make or lose money? It's like a money market where you're just going to be earning an interest rate. Nice yes. and simple. And you get your I was going to say, to me, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the way CDs used to be. Yes. You know, it's a CD was a, a note issued by a bank. It was a mission by the federal government. It was issued by a bank. You believed in that bank. You trusted it. You put money there. And, you ha- and it was money you didn't need for like, 30, 60, 90, 120 days. You didn't need it. So you left it alone. But I don't know anybody who's paying over 6%, though. No. Not today's market. Not no. for that. But, you know, okay. this is, the, hey, Edward, but this is the point, is that if people know who to go to, yep. you know, whether it's Wine is Investments or Pacific Private Money, there are those of us, you know, they, excuse the pun, separate the men from the boys. It's probably <laughs> bad in today's world to say that. But those of us who actually know what we're doing. All right. Audience, stay with us. Best of Investor will be back with some closing comments. You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. You're listening to The Best of Investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. 
Welcome back to the Best of Investing. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with my co-host, Mark Hoff of Pacific Private Money and our special guest, Ken Winans of Winans International. Or actually, is it Winans International or is it back to Winans Investments? Well, it, we had to go back to Winans Investments because when uh, we were, originally I founded it as Winans International, but people thought we did international stocks. So I said, oh, no. Gotcha. So, that, so yeah, it's a, the DBA is Winans Investments. Fortunately, it's my name. So that yeah. good Dutch name, they, you know, they have no trouble spelling it. I, you know, I've always kind of preferred that, to be honest with you, Ken. I, when yeah. I see companies with international, and I know really they're just, you know, they're really a U.S.-based company yeah. at the end of the day. I always thought that that was a little bit of a stretch to have the word yeah, international. Yeah. You know, thinking, do, do I have to fly to Dubai to go meet with <laughs> <laughs> No, but you know what? But at the time, I said the company was hard to pick a name. You know, it was hard to get, you know, to pick, to met, to set up a corporation they were very picky, and there were some other wine and corporations that I was running into. So it is really? funny, interesting. I just wanted to end on a positive note and tell people that look, this is not 2008 all over again, nor is it a run up to what happened in 2008 all over again. You know, we're not in a credit bubble. Um, there, uh, in the United States, homeowners have 21 trillion in equity. That's three times what it was at the bottom of the real estate recession, which was right around 2009, 2010. And there's just, and in addition to real estate wealth, there's, there's uh, even notwithstanding the stock market and crypto going down, it's still a lot higher than it was just a few years ago. I mean, there's just a tremendous amount of wealth out there and, Real estate is not going to crash. Um, and, and I'm sorry for the people who are, you know, the crash bros out there that are, are waiting for that to happen. And they've been talking about it for years and they've been wrong for years. And they're going to continue to be wrong because of just the simple um, supply and demand metrics. Uh, we're just not building homes fast enough. And, and so, uh, you know, yeah, inflation is, is terrible. I can't stand filling up my truck at seven bucks a gallon now here in the Bay Area. Um, I wish real estate wasn't as expensive as it, as it was, but I'm also in a business that, that knows how to make money, um, you know, in real estate, whether prices are going up or down or flat. And so um, th- there are investment strategies, as Ken pointed out, there are investment opportunities. You, you just need to educate yourself, um, you know, and just remember that the media is looking for eyeballs and anybody with a typewriter can, you know, or w- with a computer rather, who has typewriters now? <laughs> anybody with a phone uh, can can write a blog post and, and attract your eyeballs. And so they're going to make it look, you know, the Drudge Report is full of headlines that will tell you how bad things are. But really, at the end of the day, there's a lot to to really uh, be you know mindful of that uh, we're really in and you know the recession that I think is coming is going to be more of a general recession. Not a, I don't think it's going to be a real estate recession, and you know I wouldn't surprise me if it was a fairly um, fairly shallow and moderate one. Um, yeah, I don't think it's going to be like the Great Recession. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in, in historical perspective. Uh, yeah. But Ken, any last uh, comments before we uh, yeah, cut out for our thoughts of the day? I would say the same thing. I mean, you know, the, the three of us are, are of an age group. We've been in the game a long time. Mm-hmm. Nothing goes straight up forever. Or it certainly doesn't accelerate forever. Mm-hmm. Things pull up, they go up, they pull back. The correction in the stock market right now, I think stocks were overpriced before the correction. They're now bringing them back in line with where things should be. There will be opportunities to step in and buy. Uh, I agree that, you know, no two recessions ever look the same. 
I, I just think that people need to be careful of who they listen to. And I like what Mark was saying, you know, that, look, you're, you're dealing with a situation where a lot of talking heads on television. My advice is do not listen to anybody who does not have a track record, a performance record, or some way of showing what they've done. I, I just no interest in listening to them. If they can't show you what they've done, don't take their advice. Very good. All right. Thank you very much, Ken, for joining us uh, yet again. And here's where to cut out. Here's our thoughts of the day. So a bacon, an egg, and a pancake walk into a bar, and the bartender says, hey, we don't serve breakfast here. And uh, right before I die, I'm going to swallow a bag of popcorn kernels and make just to make the cre- cremation a bit more interesting. <laughs> All right. Tune in next week to The Best of Investing. We'll be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown, wishing you the best of investing. So long. You've been listening to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for the best of investing on 860 AM. The answer. This radio broadcast is in no way an offer to sell securities except where applicable in states where we are registered or where an exemption or exclusion from such registration exists. Information discussed during this broadcast, whether stock quotes, charts, articles, or any other statement or statements regarding market or other financial information is obtained from sources which we believe are reliable, but we do not warrant or guarantee the timeliness or accuracy of this information. Nothing in this broadcast should be interpreted to state or imply that past results are an indication of future performance. There are no warranties expressed or implied as to accuracy, completeness, or results obtained from this broadcast. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.